are listening to the Dudes and Dads podcast, a show dedicated to helping men be better dudes and dads by building community through meaningful conversation and storytelling. And now, here are your hosts, Joel DeMott and Andy Lehman. Hey guys, welcome back to episode number five, Generation Z, part two. Joel, how are you doing, man? I'm doing good, Andy. Uh, super excited about this conversation we're about ready to have. Uh, part two with our uh, these young guys we have here, uh, Nolan, Tristan, and Corey back with us in the studio. Uh, just this, the conversation, I think, uh, one that needs to be had, uh, especially hearing from our young men, early 20s, and uh, just hearing how they're navigating life. You know, a lot of... Uh, a lot of negativity gets thrown, uh, I think, yeah, sometimes uh, toward this generation or people in this age group. And I think what you hear here uh, here in this discussion with them is uh, a real uh, serious longing uh, to make a difference, to make an impact, uh, to learn from others, and uh, to leave a legacy uh, that really, yeah, really is important and means something. So we're going to just... Uh, this episode really uh, moves to a question of how these guys are navigating the questions of um, why they're doing what they're doing and the kind of people they're surrounding themselves with to help navigate big questions uh, with regard to vocational direction and things like that. So uh, what you'll find is, uh, I think, just some solid insights on what they're looking for from uh, the older generation and whether it be potential employers, uh, potential uh, just, well, really any other person that's a little bit farther down the road um, and hopefully gives us some direction how we can be of help to them uh, as well because they've got a lot to offer us for sure. Right. Welcome back to the part two of the Generation Z Dudes of the Square Table. Joel, will you introduce our guests, please? Absolutely. Well, I walk through a misty valley. Uh, that's what I see. I see horses. I see mist. I see something very epic. It's almost like... This episode is epic. It is an epic episode. Absolutely. This is really taking me great places. I just want to close my eyes and embrace this moment. Uh, we have our guest here uh, at Dudes of the Square Table, Mr. Nolan Rhodes, uh, who is a senior at Indiana University of South Bend, studying marketing and advertising. Next to him, Mr. Tristan Clark, who is a junior uh, studying social studies education, secondary ed at Indiana University of South Bend. And then our good friend, Koryesh, who is, uh, well, he's he's a working man here in the area and uh, has uh, completed uh, a program at Rosedale Bible College and is now, he's actually working. He's actually working. He's actually so working. This is part two, like we mentioned. Um, if you haven't heard part one of this, Generation Z, we recommend that you go back and check that out because it's it was epic. It was an hour long of just digging into what makes Generation Z Generation Z and what makes them tick. And th- we felt like that was not enough, one hour, but we didn't want to like tie you up for more than one hour. We promised you under one hour when we started the show. So we, we wanted to keep our promise to you, so we decided to break it into two episodes. So this is part two of, of that. Yeah, I um, there's just so much goodness in all of this. I can barely 
I could barely handle it. And I got to say, I mean, the first time around, uh, I do feel like, you know, our goal is with all of our guests and we say this, uh, is that we do hope that we're coming here and it just feels like we're sitting on, we're sitting on the couch having a conversation. And I, that first time around, I very much feel like I'm hearing like really helpful, honest answers from you guys. And so thank you for that. Thank you for your transparency and honesty. And so, uh, we want to continue that on this time around. And so we're going to go to, uh, basically we're going to spend this time diving into some specific questions uh, with regard to why you guys have chosen uh, the direction that you're going vocationally or what you're what you're pursuing after. And specifically we want to talk about mentorship and, and what it looks like or what it might look like, what it has looked like uh, for people uh, who are maybe a little bit farther down the road than you guys to come alongside of you to sort of pour into you to help give that direction. Um, our last episode, what I heard a lot was, uh, what I was hearing from you guys was there was this social connectivity, connected connectivity with your friends, um, that you really valued and that you pursued, uh, you gave a lot of energy to, but when it came to connecting with others around the question of, how you were choosing your future vocation, kind of what your calling and gifts were and what you're going to give your energy to vocationally, you're navigating a lot of that by yourself. And uh, my conviction is that that should not be the case. In fact, in certain professions historically, when we uh, apprenticeships, mentorships, things like that were, were, abs- key, were right, key, were right. crucial and, as- and assumed. Um, and so I'm just wondering... Um, we want to, yeah, we want to dive into that question. What that would look like? What a what a what a different way? Uh, what a different way forward? And as far as you guys making that those big decisions, so I'm going to start with uh, with Nolan. So as we mentioned before, Nolan is a senior um, studying marketing and advertising, and uh, I happen to know because I I caught uh, shall we say we'll call it a rant. I call I caught a rant from Nolan um, not too long ago. Uh, so Nolan's been in the process, uh, you've been in the process of applying for these internships at marketing and advertising agencies. And I'd just like you to summarize what the application process to get an internship at these places has been like, because this internship is, it, it's part, it's required for you to complete your degree. Number one, yep. number two, an internship is the foot in the door to actually get into the thing that you want to do. So that's, it's vital in that regard too. What has your experience been like so far in the internship application process? I'm going to be super positive and say great personal growth. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. No, it really did, but it was, yeah, it's a struggle too. Um, There's internships out there, but they're very difficult to get into because there's, so little, uh, yeah, very, very selective. Um, so the interview process, so usually starts out by obviously finding the internship, usually through the internet or a advertising career fair or something like that. Um, and then you go through the whole application process, name, address, uh, jobs that you've done, pretty much putting your resume on the application digitally, uploading your resume, cover letter, projects that you've done that you want them to see. And then um, if they like you, they'll call you for an 
webcam online interview. Um, usually it is uh, set up as a module. So you have, you don't know the questions before. I'll highlight this at the beginning. You click start. You have 30 seconds to read the question, a minute and 30 seconds to answer the question as a webcam is on you. Um, you usually go through six of those and then you've got like one of them, one of the interviews I had for fill in the blank questions afterwards. Um, so intense, you got to be prepared. So, know your th- stuff. so this is like standard practice. I mean, you're seeing this regularly, this practice, this sort of forum. Yeah, especially in the larger ad agencies. Okay. Um, and I've heard it for other industries as well. Um, that's how interviewing is going. That's like the first interview. Um, and then you've got maybe a phone screening and then some want you in person, but they don't want to pay for you to go. So right. So you're not in person until maybe third round, maybe third, if they want it, if they want it, which I mean, it it sounds like you're actually interviewing for a job, not just an internship. I mean, that's what I would expect from a a job. Correct. Not an internship. Yeah. Right. Uh, are these internships paid? Yeah. Most of them are paid. Um, yeah, so that's a plus. That is a plus. A big plus. You, uh, but also, let me add, um, a living cost is not usually included in that. So you're paying like $1,000 in city to live. Right, in because park. a lot of these, as we might imagine in your particular case, marketing ad agencies are in larger metropolitan areas. Yeah, you're not going to find one really, uh, a really good one here right. in Midwest. But Yeah, so, you're, so m- maybe you're in Chicago. Yep. Maybe. Uh not in Detroit. Uh no. What what's yeah, that so I We love you Detroit. We you love know, you Detroit. You know, you know that I'm a Detroit fan and you know the three one three has a special place in my heart, but ad agencies. Although have you by the way, have you seen the show Detroiters? I have not, no. So it is a it is a show about two guys running an ad agency in Detroit. You should check it out. I'm, I'm definitely going to check it it's out. It's worth. Your, I want. It's absolutely worth your time. Um, okay, so you're going through these. You're going through these modules. You're doing this process. You're basically interviewing for a job, but for an internship. The internship lasts usually how long? So they usually start at the beginning of June and like August 13th, right before you go back to school. Gotcha. So yep. that's your summer. Yep. And are you going to likely have another job? on top of this to like make it during this internship process if time allows yes maybe a barista server on the weekend who Mm -hmm. knows but we got to make some money to live there right and not in a cardboard box right under the bridge or under a bridge thank you so much Mm -hmm. playing Dutch blitz Uh, (laughs) (laughs) wow a lot of references there uh so so it's a hustle it is it really is yeah um how responsive are people to you when you're applying for these uh, these internships? Tell me about the communication process back and forth. Get real with me, Nolan. Don't you dare lie to me. I can see into your soul. So some of them have been great. Others, not so great. And I know they're super busy because they're usually traveling all over, finding people for jobs. And one recruiter even told me um, that... They're like, no offense, but like you trying to find an internship is not like one of our biggest priorities. Like we're trying to hire people to fill like top management positions. So more than likely you're going to get lost in all that shuffle. And then I was like, 
that is understandable, but I hate that a lot. Super disheartening. Like, yeah, super disheartening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, and I, I know for being where I work, like we're going to be doing internships this summer. And again, it's the same type of thing for us. We're like, you know, we have to get these people in here and like give them our junk that we don't really want to do. I mean, that's our mentality. So like I can completely on the other side of that, I can see where that's super frustrating for you looking for an internship. Yeah. Yeah. So that is frustrating because you put yourself out so much and you do give a lot of effort with those follow-up emails. Thank you letters. Like you may have seven or eight like internship possibilities like going on at one time and you're just, I mean, you're communicating back and forth as much as you can then you get these offers from some, but you can't really accept them until, you know, you have all the other offers. So then you got to, yeah, it just, but like I said, great uh, time for growth. Yeah. Great. Ta- fantastic. Positive spin. I appreciate that yeah. so much about you, Nolan. Because uh, here's what Nolan isn't saying is that it is, uh, it is massively frustrating and you feel like you're getting the runaround in a lot of, t- a lot of times and you're, you're just trying to find a place to gain traction, to learn some things. And, but for these companies that are offering internships, it, it's a little murky as to why they're offering them. Yeah. Because, I mean, you don't have the sense that they're offering because they want to educate the future, the upcoming generation of marketing and advertising, uh, uh, professionals. Right. There's been a few that have, um, uh, yeah, I guess there's been a few that say that it's a really great learning experience. And then you also... They always say, you know, this could become a full-time job afterwards um, if it works out well. But it's usually like if it works out well. But um, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that's. I mean, the the deal is, is that you're. I mean, number one, you are trying to fulfill just your educational obligation to have this to have this internship, For and sure. and I I'm from what again this is from what i'm remembering i mean does the the organization that gives you the internship and provides it for you does supply some feedback to your school yeah they would yeah i mean um yeah they'll provide documentation that it'll count for internship credit most of all though like truthfully i just want to learn like i just want to have some experience right in the ad industry because that's what i'm interested in and like Internship is a great way to get your foot in the door, kind of figure out what you like and what you don't like. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I'm really hoping that something comes through here real soon, like maybe the by tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Recruiters, no, if you're listening. No one roads at LinkedIn. <laughs> I got to get out of my LinkedIn. I, this has got me nervous now. Not that I'm looking for a job, but I like I just feel like I have obligation that my LinkedIn profile needs to get. Maybe I'm old, but I don't have a LinkedIn profile. Chester T. Layman. <laughs> oh. LinkedIn, Chester T. Layman. <laughs> if there's a Chester D. Layman out there, I'm sorry. They're going to be so confused. Right. Like, Why, he's I- not an IT professional at all. Anyway. Yeah. So, again, I mean, Nolan, in your instance, like, some people along alongside to help you. Um, man, if we just had some, like, some professional business people that knew about marketing that just wanted to be like, I want to give you real life experience. I want to have conversation with you. I want to 
Like, you would value all of that. Oh, hands down. Yeah. Eat it up. If someone came up to me tonight and said, hey, I want to help you out in this process, I'd be like, all right, here's my phone number, email. Blah, Absolutely. Blah, 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 contact me. Yeah. Yep. That's good. Yep. So we need more people like that. I don't know how we make that happen, but it needs to, it, but it needs to happen. Uh, nevertheless. Absolutely. Uh, let's see. We're going to go around the, uh, around the table here, right over to Tristan Clark. So Tristan, you have subjected yourself to the black hole that is public education. I'm kidding. Sort of kidding. Um, so, so Tristan, you've got a desire, a couple of different things. Number one, I mean, you're going to social studies, secondary, uh, secondary ed, uh, to be with high school students, to teach and educate high school students, and you also have a love for coaching too. So there's that part too, which, uh, from my experience, I never met a social studies teacher in high school that didn't coach, right? Because if you can't do, you coach, right? Like that's what I that's what I've heard. That's what I've heard as well. Um, and if you can't coach, you teach gym. Sorry, I'm kidding, gym teachers. That's not true either. I appreciate all of you. You are educators, and you are valuable. Um, for real. So Tristan, for real, for real, for real. Tristan, um, you're going into education at a time where uh, it seems like a hard sell. Um, there's, uh, for reasons that Nolan mentioned last time around, um, a lot of hoops to jump through, a lot of regulations, a lot of, it, it, it feels constrained. My mother, my mother was an educator, uh, still is in the classroom to this day. And a lot has changed over the course where teachers were teaching and now there's all this added pressure and added mm-hmm. responsibilities and things going on. And yet, here you are sticking to it so far. And not to say that you're not exploring other avenues and things, but but you were drawn you were drawn to this in the process. Um, how did you get there? What things were formative in helping you get where you are and um, – yeah, and who are you like? Who are you looking to? Who are you surrounding yourself with at this point to help figure out what in the world it is that you're doing? Yeah, um, loaded question. So numerous things drew me to teaching, or at least working with kids. As you said, coaching was um, pretty big into that. I mean, I played sports in high school. Uh, had a lot of coaches. Uh, well, coaching experiences. Some of my coaches weren't the greatest. Other coaches had a huge impact on my life. And so, do they all um, teach social studies? One of them did. Oh, a couple okay. of them that did. Oh, gosh. Anyway, sorry, go on. I just have this theory. <laughs> anyway, go on. Um, and so seeing how that was able to impact my life, one of my biggest things is I just want to have a positive influence in, in kids' lives. And uh, something, and, and, and this is just coming from my own personal experience with after high school, how did I try and navigate trying to go where I wanted to go? Um, I felt like I didn't get a whole lot out of high school in terms of helping me figure out what is my passion? What do I want to pursue? And so um, that's kind of why I wanted to get into the classroom is because I wanted to be one of those voices um, that told kids, hey, like there's no pressure to, you know, try and stick to the status quo. Like if you don't know what you do, let me let me restart. If you don't know what you want to do and you feel pressure to go to college, like that's not you don't have to do that. I mean, get internships, get jobs, kind of right. work around. Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of one of the first steps at least is having that positive influence in those kids' lives. Yeah. Um, following that then, uh, what, what kind of pushed me into that and how am I, how have I kind of stuck with it? Um, 
Well, one of the things that really solidified that was my internship in youth ministry and kind of talked about that in the last episode. But um, really important in helping me figure out, is this something I want to do? Because, of course, internships are only temporary and um, it helps when they're paid, but it's really just a time to explore like, okay, I'm going to immerse myself in this career path per se and and see if this is something that I really want to try out. So um, that was that was really that really helped me solidify that decision to pursue something with um, kids, whether it was teaching or ministry or something at the time. And and I look at your dynamic where you were, gosh, and last time around I was like kind of tallying up like the number of things you tried. I was <laughs> I was trying to like put a timeline right. on you. You went a few different directions pretty quickly, mm-hmm. and you were willing to course you were willing to course correct. Pretty quickly. Qu- pretty yeah, quickly. Yeah. Now, in our generation, there's this fear of like, dude, my resume is going to look like a hot mess. I was there six like, months, right. six months, six, three, da, 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 whatever. I I am of the opinion now it doesn't matter. I, I just am of the opinion you're going to try a bunch of things. But when you when something sticks, you're going to go you're going to go with it. Right. So there can be this this anxiety around like even if I hate this and it doesn't seem good, I need to at least be at this for so long that when mm-hmm. I have to, you know, put, put it on something that the next hiring people are not going to be like, man, this guy can't get moves his act together. Yeah, yeah. moves around a whole lot. I, I, I think that's changing considerably. Um, it doesn't seem to be the concern. Uh, effectively, though, Tristan, you took a gap year. That That's what you did. Year and a half. Year and really, a half, yeah. right. Um, what do you think about that? Like, what... Like what if if you could, and I'm, I'm, we're not like saying if you could live life over again or whatever, yeah. but if it was Tristan graduates high school, Tristan has a year to not go to school and to figure some things out and then to make that next decision, is is that a route that you would have taken? Absolutely. Without, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, and right. I would have absolutely done it. Um, yeah. I think just between kind of this pressure that I put on myself and maybe from what kind of the norm for uh, the kids graduating in my class was to go do was college afterwards. Um, the, it just kind of, it didn't, it kind of swayed me into doing something that looking back, I don't, I wasn't really positive. I wasn't really sure that I wanted to do it. And um, I guess you can make the argument too, that some people go to school and it's kind of an exploratory process. They, you know, spend their first semester or, or year in college kind of figuring it out. And for me, that just wasn't, really something I wanted to do. I saw it as me spending money to, right, to, to, yeah. to try and figure out something that I wanted to do when instead, if I just worked and actually got real life experience, um, that would kind of help funnel me into where, you know, my true passion was and what I wanted to do. Which I think is, is smart. I mean, again, like if you're going to college and you don't really know what you're doing, like, again, that's a huge waste of money. Mm-hmm. And that was smart, I think, for you to do that and experience what you want because if you did that and went to college you still would have ended up doing a bunch of different things and yeah wasted a bunch of money and still been in the same position you're at now Mm -hmm. yeah i mean i'm not interested in paying twenty five thousand dollars plus for a year when i could uh you know get a bus ticket and drive around uh meet some people have some conversations whatever especially the fact that all of you have said that it's your parents were okay to let you live on their couch for a while or what you know or or whatever um i've i've seen this will sound strange i've seen where two of the three of you live and I, you you're better off than just a couch in the basement so 
<laughs> nicer than my own bedroom. I really, gosh. Anyway, it's because my kids ruin everything. I'm bitter. Sorry. It went. It goes dark places quickly when I. They're invading my bedroom. They're ruining my bedroom. Ruining my house. And all of you are just sleeping in comfort in your own special rooms with. I, yeah. Sorry. Where are we? What happened? Anyway. Um. So Tristan. So you have this gap year, basically internship opportunity now and the one thing because you and i did this together um i just know in my own mind the one thing that was was like really really important to me was like i'm gonna i'm gonna ask regular questions okay i'm gonna ask how are you experiencing this what are you noticing what connects with you um there would be numerous times when we would inevitably when you when we were kind of like doing doing real stuff and i would my my thing was usually Okay, we're gonna hit the pause button, do a ministry one on one moment here, mm-hmm. where it was like you we were we would experience things together in the doing of what we were doing, and I would say, Okay, so here's how we're experiencing this now. Here's the thing behind that under it, and here's how it will impact other other stuff. I that was the that's the part for me I wish I had I had more of. I a greater the kind of the greater context of um why do we do the things that we do? Uh, why do we not do the things that we do? Um, and even as I gone farther, and Tristan, if you, uh, those of you in education, um, what is the thing known as the, what is known as null curriculum? And these are so I love the squinty eyes, which means they haven't taught me in that in school yet. Um, null curriculum is the things that you learn from a particular place by what is not said. So it's it's a particular kind of curriculum. It's an accidental curriculum. Mm. And uh, it's like, well, we don't talk about those things here. Oh, you don't? Well, I learned something about you then by the fact that you don't, you know, whatever it is that you don't get into or, or not valuing. And I, I personally, for me, as a leader, want to eliminate as much null curriculum, so to speak, as possible. Um, and to and to go and to go to those places. And that's I think that that's what mentorships and internships can look like should like look like i think that's a responsibility i mean just my opinion this is the responsibility of the employer if they're going to offer a program as an internship a mentorship whatever it can't just be that in name it need there you need to actually yeah have a mentor like right have a mentor someone sit with you teach you those things absolutely because we need life on life experience here that's mm-hmm. that's really important so you're so you did this gap here and it like what impre- my impression was is that you went in with a lot more clarity, mm-hmm. right? And and all it took was, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, it took 18 months of you going a little bit off track from what was anticipated to gaining that clarity. And in the grand scheme of life, and this is old Joel talking, 18 months for that kind of clarity, why that, not? Yeah, it's worth it. Why right not? Um, now, now, yes, your your buddies will be graduating a year ahead of you or whatever and, and so what so what yeah so what um but there's uh there's value so you're i mean do you guys so what i'm wondering about um do you guys discuss in education classes how tough education is right now does this come up in conversation um with the current classes that i've taken not yet but it's been 
kind of this, I mean, it's kind of like a cloud above all the classes. We we all know it's there and it's kind of touched on every once in a while, but hasn't been addressed specifically Because they're yet. trying not to talk you out of the program until yeah, you're, yeah. you're going to get in your senior year in student teaching and you're going to come back and be like, why? What why didn't if, they tell me that? What have you done? <laughs> I, can I just say I'm super excited for your te- your student teaching experience? And and by super excited, I'm because I'm just going to ask you regularly. So how's that going? Um, because because again, I, I you know, we, people listening, education like vitally important, super super important. Teachers are having to do more than they've ever done. Their parent, their counselor, their educator, their dot 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 going down the list. Like it's the real deal. And they are routinely underpaid. Um, they are, I, uh, my wife works with several ex teachers who are not that old. And it's kind of like that when we were talking about earlier in the profession of like the concrete person or whatever, like they don't last very long for right, a reason. Right. It's funny to me that these, these kind of skilled and value, socially valued professions now, we're seeing dropout rates that we haven't seen before. And, you know, not too long ago, the state of Indiana offered like a, an exploratory uh, committee on why, uh, like, to talk about it, like an, an exercise and not getting the point. He was like, why can't we get more teachers? And it's like, hello. Um, but yet you're choosing to do it in the face of all of that. Praying to God that policy and culture and everything else changes uh, at some point. Um, there's going to have to be a course correction somehow. Yep. Right. Um, but you're sticking. You're sticking with it. Do you anticipate having other people, mentors, and things alongside of you moving forward toward the completion of your degree and entering into the workforce? Um, do you anticipate those relationships happening apart from? your student teaching experience? Um, as far as me reaching out for those or, okay. Uh, yes. Uh, I just from my personal experience with you and having you around, um, has really helped me kind of navigate life, figure out decisions, things like that. And I really value those relationships with older people who have experiences, especially in something that you're looking at or uh, a, a career path or whatever it is. And so, um, Yes. And I have some younger friends who are already in education and talk to them a little bit, but I haven't really talked to anyone who's in social studies, secondary education. So I'm definitely looking forward to, as I continue to go through IUSB, um, finding those connections, building those connections, because for me to be able to look to someone who already has that experience and ask them questions and figure out, you know, how do you navigate through, through this part or, Hey, I'm struggling. Like, how did you get through this? Um, is really, I mean, it's just important to me. I've seen how those relationships in my church family and even in like my extended family have, have helped me in those situations. So. Absolutely. Well, it's going to be super valuable to you. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm looking forward to your next, for, for both selfish reasons and for reasons for your own development, I'm looking forward to the next steps that you're going to, that you're going to be taking. It's uh it's cool. It's a noble thing. Educators, teachers, we love you. We, uh, we value you. Um, the, uh, I mean, I look at, I look to the teachers that my kids, that my kids have, and they're, they're amazing, amazing people. Mine too, but mine are homeschooled. Yeah, well. My wife is amazing. Homeschool high five. (laughs) So. One, one thing I would like to add to that too, and in the face of not 
making a lot of money. That's honestly been one of those things that hasn't been that important to me. And it's yep. really me looking at what do I want to do with my life? Well, I want to be a, a positive influence, have a positive impact on those kids that one, either do come from good families or don't come from good families. I mean, teachers in certain situations to certain students are, uh, you know, like that figure, like that parent figure to students. And That's so right. for me to be available, um, to open myself up and my life up to them and say, Hey, like when, if you need things like I'm here for you, uh, that really outweighs that, you know, well, well, I'm not going to make that much money. And so just chasing after that passion and knowing that I can potentially have a positive influence, um, on other kids is really just kind of that driving motivation behind that. Beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Corey, you're up next. So, uh, what, what does mentorship look like for you? So, I mean, just think in terms of, I mean, for you that, you know, you're in college for a year and, uh, you know, as you've mentioned previously, the, the school part, not thrilling, but the relationships, that experience still, the friendships, all that was, was something that you appreciated. What, what do mentorships, what have mentorships or people alongside of you, what does that look like for you? What kind of ongoing, so past, present, and hopefully in the future, what are you foreseeing? What are you hoping for? Yeah. Uh, mentorship. Okay. So, um, I mentioned in the last episode, the, the camp that I've done the last few years. <clears throat> and, um, like I talked about, um, youth ministry is, is a goal mm-hmm. at some point. Um, and so with that camp that I, it's called Bible memory camp. You've maybe heard of it. Um, it's a big deal around here. Yeah. Well, it's, it like, it's, and it's national, it's actually national too, but yes. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, great camp. I went there as a camper and then, um, decided, Hey, I should probably, uh, try to help out with that. And so got the chance to do that. And in doing that, um, one of the people that I traveled with, with that camp, um, her name was Steph. Steph, you're listening. Hi. Hi, Steph. Um, yeah, she's pretty cool. Uh, she has done camp forever. Um, so she was very experienced and I was kind of coming up into her position kind of in what I was doing. And so, um, for those three years that I traveled with camp, I got to just kind of work under her and, um, just learn a ton from her. And, and it was actually, it was really cool in those, in those times because there was a lot of times when camp would have been pretty difficult. Um, if, if she wasn't there as that, that leader, um, above me, which was, was really cool because I got to grow and learn a lot, uh, through those times. Um, so that was pretty, pretty neat. Um, now I'm out of that season. I'm, I'm out of camp. And, um, I said before I've, I've worked with youth groups at my church. And, um, so I've been meeting with my pastor, um, a little bit, um, we're kind of wanting to make that a little bit more consistent, I think. Um, but I think a goal of ours is to to meet, uh, I don't know, maybe once every couple weeks or so and um, just really talk about things, see how things are going um, and and see, see where we can move um, on. And um, yeah, I really appreciated um, him just reaching out to me and being like, hey, you want to go grab lunch sometime? And he just sits and we just sit and talk. And, and honestly, like we don't even talk about 
what we're supposed to be talking about for most of the time. Yeah. Um, so for you, it looks more like men- mentorship looks more like a friendship where yeah. like for Nolan and, and Tristan, it's going to look more, well, especially for like Nolan, it's going to look more like an uh, official, like you have this job. Whereas for you, it's more of like a offload of knowledge. Cause I really care about you and really want to see you succeed in mm-hmm. what you're doing. And, or just by happenstance, you know, where with stuff that was, you were working with her, but so you transfer knowledge like that as opposed to like an official like shake hands, you have a job type of a thing. Yeah, it's very much that way where where I can learn from them, they can feed into me, and along the way we can we can grow and grow together and and draw closer in that way, and it's really neat. Yeah, and the 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 benefit of someone reaching out to you and saying. You know, I see these. I see these things in you, and I wanna. I wanna encourage. You know, I wanna encourage those those things. I mean, those are those are powerful words for any young person, for an older person to come alongside and say, "I see this in you. I see. I notice gifts. I see these sort of things, and I want to make sure that you follow after those things." I mean, it's it's a a vital and important important thing. My guess is that you guys have had plenty of self doubt along the way. And that that is something that is going to, whether it's a late night paper that you're working on that you just feel is tanking quick, or you know, or or you feel you feel stuck in in something, and you're and you're like, is this going to be the rest of my life? Am I you know, or whatever the case might be, someone just coming alongside with that with that word, paying and paying attention, and and that's part of I mean, that's part of this conversation tonight. Is that I hope I honestly hope anybody that's listening. Is is just going to ask the question: Who are the who are the college students, the young twenty somethings, whatever, mm-hmm. who are figuring some important things out in life? Who are they that I know in my life that I can just say, I notice these things about you. I see them; they're valuable. Please know that. Um, and then even and then the next other potential thing is, and if you are someone who is experienced in the area that they're studying, that they're interested in, that they're going after, is just carve out some time. I mean, I know I can, I can guarantee that all three of you, and I know your other, your peers, your friends would be the same way. If someone with some things to share with you came alongside and said, how about lunch? Let's spend an hour. It's like, yes, absolutely. In a, in a, in a minute. So, you know, just let's reach, let's be proactive. Let's reach out. Let's do that sort of thing because it's an investment that is worth it and is meaningful. Um, well, and I think, yeah. I mean, as, as older generations, I mean, I think it's super important to pass our knowledge and, and, and things down to the younger generation. I mean, man, I'm starting to feel old now as I'm saying as the older generation, but I mean, I don't feel like I'm that much older than you guys, but I, I mean, I am, I mean, honestly, but you know, even older, older than me, like I've always appreciated like when, you know, people could look into my life and pass their wisdom down. And like, I've always appreciated that, you know, for pastors and people who were willing to invest in me and show me show me things. And, and as well as like when I'm doing my job too, I've always enjoyed people that have always done it, have been able to teach me what they know. And so like, I think it's important to have that where we're teaching, you know, the younger generation. I mean, and, and you guys may not do it the same as we're doing, but I think that there's that knowledge transfer that you, at least you get an idea of the history. I mean, I think history is important to, uh, and so you have that history and, and the knowledge that us older generation knows. Yeah. And my encouragement to you guys would be, and this is something that I've, I, I think that I've tried to go after, is recognizing that you can you can gather for yourself specific mentors for specific things. Uh, 
So I have I have a mentor who um, you know says I do professional coaching. I have a mentor who is a really really gifted coach and has been doing it for a long time. And uh, you know I talk to him maybe just a couple times a year, quite honestly. But when I do, like I've got my I've got my questions ready and I'm I'm looking to you know um, I've got another mentor who served as the CEO of, uh, of a camp for 29 years, learned a lot of, learned a lot of things, uh, but is, is really relationally gifted. And he has routinely made massive amounts of time regularly. I see him when kind of when the season allows every two to three weeks. Um, I've got, uh, another guy who was a professor of mine who, when I'm like dealing with like, Oh, like curriculum or policy or, what's the the standard practice for these hiring pra- things like that i can i can make a phone call or an email to him you know at any at any time and i so these different areas of my of my career and personal development i just recognize that there is probably there's not a one size fits all or not a one person that's going to catch all of it but it's like okay divide my life up into sort of these arenas of experience and knowledge that i need and then who do i see doing the thing that i want to do well and then just ask the question, will you talk with me about it? Most people, when they're asked, myself we'll included, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, someone comes to Andy or myself and says, hey, I'm interested in this thing. I'm trying to figure it out, trying to discern. Would you like, yes, uh, take, please let me give my, let me give my time. Let me give my life to this. Cause that's, cause that's worthwhile. Right. Um, and so, uh, yeah, developing this sort of constellation of mentors to use that term, um, is meaningful and helpful. Um, and honestly, you know, uh, get five, get 10 of them and, uh, and, and work. And by the way, as you do over time, like a lot of the opportunities that I'm, I've been offered are from those relationships, even like the less formal ones where I'm on people's radar. And, uh, so when an opportunity comes up, it's like so strange that, I'm one of the people they, they think of, or, you know, have thought of in the past of like, this would be a really, this right. would be, a, you know, a, a, this would be a good a person. Good fit, right. right. Um, so it's kind of more of this, like you've already interviewed without having to interview, which is, uh, uh, which is a thing. Mm-hmm. So guys, I, uh, man, I just appreciate you guys sharing life here mm-hmm. with us. Uh, what a, you know, here's the deal. We've, we've hit it out. I feel like we've hit it out of the park every time we do something new. Now we're, we're four episodes, five episodes, and so uh, we're not too far <laughs> in to really like make massive judgment calls about the success of our new of our new venture. But it's been really, really good. Um, this first panel discussion, I just I appreciate you guys so much. We're definitely going to have you back. We're going to find new and exciting things to talk right. about. And, and yeah, the dudes of the square table is going to be something ongoing, rotating different people in and, and things like that. Because we like we love the knowledge transfer that. You, you're entering and you're mentoring us. Too. Yes, this is it's reverse mentoring is right. what's going on. Right. I've already I've made some several mental notes of things that I need to pay attention to that you guys have shared here. That's like mm, I can yeah I can dial some things in in my own my own perspective as well. But uh, gosh, guys, uh, Generation Z, it's important. They are a a sizable. They are the largest demographic. Uh, well, ever. Um, and uh, they are here to stay. Uh, they, they're not. They're not going. They're not going. Uh, not going away. And so uh, 
we just want to help empower you guys to be aware of at least we you know we have a small sample size but we think a meaningful sample size here just to say uh be aware of where they are in life what's going on what's important to them and and reach out be helpful uh let's uh let's serve each other well and provide this next uh, this upcoming generation with what they need to succeed well andy it's been a great episode it's been another great time together we want to thank our guests we, Nolan, uh, yes. Well, uh, yes. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, we want to thank our guests, Nolan Rose, Tristan Clark, and Corey Esch for joining us. Uh, their contact info will be uh, plastered yep. all over our social media, so you can get in touch with them, friend them, ask them questions, offer them internships, uh, whatever you need. And we would love to hear your feedback on this show or any other. It's, uh, go ahead and dudes and dads podcast at gmail.com. We have a voicemail line, which can be found on our, face, our Facebook and also our website dudesanddadspodcast.com share us like us do all that fun stuff so get the word out about our podcast thanks guys we love you grace and peace peace